0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged and empowered by the message you are about to hear. A tēnā koutou o te whanau. Nā mihi ki a koutou. Uh, nā mihi ki a uh, tātou. Kia ariki. Uh, te tō ngā ungoa ake, te hau, o awa, uh, nō Akaroa, um, okutipuna. Uh, called David Hammondakui noa tenakoto tenakoto nuerara tenatato kartura. Uh, and this evening it's look it's been an absolute privilege to come and talk to you about something that's a wee bit tricky, a wee bit prickly, and a wee bit strange where some of your friends turn, turn into doppelgangers of their ordinary selves, getting very political. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a while ago, um, Rima, Radio Rema and Life FM asked me to Um, produced six uh, slots on giving some guidance to Christians about uh, voting in the elections and so on. So I'm going to do a wee bit of that and give you a little bit of a um, a talk about the background foundations and things that really are important to our lives. But in that um, mehi that I just gave you, I just talked to some of the things that are important to my life. So that's family and this wider family here acknowledge our leaders who, you know, lead this church with a great deal of energy and positivity trying to show us that our faith is not in 2023. Um, Acknowledge God and being under Hekorawe o Atua, his his cloak of um, guidance and leadership over my life that's submitted to him. Uh, And also um, just wanted to acknowledge where I came from and that's part of my story. So uh, I do come from Akaroa, which is a really lovely little town outside of Christchurch on the coast. It's historic, um, French and English settlement. Um, and our family arrived there in 1850, so it's 173 years ago, and um, we, have a dairy, we had a dairy farm out there for over 100 years. Uh, and beautiful place. So I, I mentioned Tepeke te which is Purple Peak, um, which is, we, on our farm we look in the, and we look to the hills and all around us. And that's what we see, and Oinooka is the name of the stream that runs through the farm with beautiful ferns and panga and uh, manuka that come right down to the the edge. A really, really lovely place to grow up. So talking about foundations and things that are important to our identity, where does politics fit into that, uh, I'd like us to go, if we could, to um, Psalm 121, verse 1 to 2. And Psalm 121 verse 1 to 2 says, I look to the hills, where does my hope come from? My hope comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Yeah. I guess I've kind of given away what the whole <laughs> talk tonight really is about. Is about that we have a foundation that is so much deeper than anything that else that people would like us to put our hope in. And that's the, that's the message of it tonight. And so in the place that, uh, that I grew up, The family foundations which were important to us were such things as having a really good name in that place and a good reputation. Uh, It was being independent and not actually looking to anyone else for help. Um, And I still have a bit of that weakness today for those who know me will know that that's actually true. Uh, And it's it's definitely not looking to the Lord because it wasn't a Christian family. But it was about um, family and it was about the loyalty of family, and those are the types of things that um, that were the, the foundations of our family. And when I grew up in the seventies, it was a simpler time. So we had uh, we we didn't have cell phones, and we didn't have computers. And we didn't have the internet. And when you turned on the TV, which was a click, yeah. you had TV one and TV two. Yeah. <laughs> And politics was really simple too. You had national and labour. And there was something else called social credit, but we won't worry about that. So effectively, things were quite, um, that were quite simple in, in many ways. And my family was a farming family, so I was very, very strongly national. And my dad was very, very passionate about this. And so I, I got all the time, buh, 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 in the ear about national and labour and unions, blah buh, blah, blah, but when I went to play with my, my friend, his name was Woll, and uh, Woll's parents were Labour, and he'd worked on the, on the docks, and in, he was a seafarer, and so it was national this, national that, ba 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 And so that was, that was New Zealand, um, you know, through the, the, the 70s and 80s, uh, until we had NMMP in 1996, and it was very, very polarised, you were this and you were that, It was a bit like the All Blacks become part of our national identity, so was politics becoming part of our national identity of who we were um, as as people. And the first point that I wanted to bring up um, that I I found as useful tonight is independence. I think, here's what I think, I think yes you should listen to it, listen to your parents, listen to um, what's out there in the media, read those websites that have all the policies. Listen to your friends. I think listen to it all, and then there's a point where you just close the door, close out the voices, and actually go to God and ask Him what you should do and who you should vote for. Be confident that this is a decision you can actually take to, to to Christ and to get His view on. And as I, was, um, one of the things from Scripture that uh, I always think about where it comes to independence is in Joshua chapter 5 where you had um, Joshua and the army of Israel just tromping down the road, and they meet this really impressive guy sitting right, standing right in the middle of the road. And so Joshua gets a bit brave and goes up to the guy and just demands, are you for us or are you from for our enemies? And he says, neither, I'm from God. Right. And again, there's a really important sense here you know, where we can become quite polarised, and it's a mistake for us to do that. Are you for us or you're from our enemies actually i 'm from God yeah. <laughs> God uh, so I believe in, in um, independence is really important but listen but then t- take a really uh, independent view. Yeah. The second point I 'd bring out from this is um, impact we all want to make impact uh, as believers in the election and what we do. <clears throat> how do we make impact and again I think that, that um, One of the things that's really important to note is that as everybody here goes and prays about where the Lord wants us to vote and so on, you'll actually find that the people sitting alongside you will hear different parties. (laughs) So, you know, the the people will be voting for National Labour and for other other parties along there. Some people might get really offended by that and say, well, clearly they're not hearing from the Lord. Yep. Um... But I, I take a very different view on impact. I'm a Kingdom of God guy, where, as you heard from my Mehi at the beginning, I'm under that Hekoruai So I'm under Christ first and foremost, and under His Lordship first and foremost. My view is this that when Jesus talks in Matthew chapter 13 about the loaf of bread, uh, which is our country, Aotearoa. And it talks about the woman who's the baker and putting in the the yeast into the loaf of bread and it affects the whole loaf. A couple of points in there. One is that she doesn't just put the yeast into half the loaf, which is the national half or the labour half or whatever. She actually puts the, the yeast and affects the whole loaf. My thinking on this is that I believe that God calls us first and foremost to bring the kingdom of God right through the entire loaf of our country, right. national labor, and so on. Though I believe it is our, our role as Christians really to see transformation right through our society, including through our political parties. And this is why we need to pray for our leaders who are Christian, that they accept and understand that their primary identif- primary ident- identity and foundation is in Jesus Christ, not in their party where they start blaming, bang, 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 bang across other parties. It's actually their role as missionaries in this society is actually to bring Christ through whatever party they're a part of and have impact. That's my belief on this. It's interesting because Jackie and I just live over the fence from this church, just literally over the fence. And so this area here of Botany Downs has 39% Christians uh, in the area. The missionary in in us, we were ex-missionaries, would say, why isn't that 80%? But here's the thing. When you see the kingdom of God uh, just starting to infuse so heavily throughout an area, you start to see the fruits of that where you start to expect Christian politicians will start to come up in areas like this. So how do you see an infusing of the kingdom of God through the whole loaf of our country? I believe a lot of that comes back to us in our own role in taking the kingdom of God out there and actually transforming, forming our own society. Then you will see the Christian politicians coming out from these areas of being transformed. So, you know, a lot of people, so there's not enough Christians in politics. Yeah, but I actually think, first and foremost, the responsibility is us to take it out there and to transform a society, to create... A real groundswell of, of Christians who will come up through, through politics. That's my view on that one. In the 1970s, back on that farm, um, things were pretty tough. And, um, you know, it's the same as today where things are pretty tough financially. You know, and, uh, and we've just come out of COVID. We're dealing with fuel prices that are going through the roof and that affects everything else. And so people are asking the question, where's my help come from? And people are looking you know, at the election at the moment to think where their help might come from in that sort of a situation. Back in the 70s, it was the same. And my dad was, you know, he saw the help would come through National, and I've talked about that. National's better for the economy. Others, Labor's better for the economy. But the truth back then was that National labour in any party was not strong enough to actually deal with what was happening in the world um, out there. They couldn't affect the oil prices. And um, the other thing they couldn't affect was that the British people made a decision uh, to shut out New Zealand's uh, farm produce and join the European Union. What that did is it drove farms all across New Zealand into bankruptcy, including our one. So these farms that have been over 100 years, including the 100 years in our family, got driven into bankruptcy, and no one could save them, not National, not Labor could save them. And so the third point I wanted to bring up was what I call single issue politics. It's simple, you know, the wavy wavy people out there want to make it really simple for you uh, and say that you should vote just on one issue. And the is the, the issue of the day just at the moment. Other times it's been abortion or it's been other issues. Today it seems to be the economy. I'd have a couple of thoughts on that. One is it's, it's quite complex to run a country and probably takes more than just one issue to run a country. The second issue I would say on that one is that if you do what I was suggesting before, which is listen to the voices and then go and shut them out, you know, turn back to scripture and have a look at what it says, you'll see some very different things in there. I look at the life of Jesus as being really important for the mission of my own life, try to model myself on that. But if you have a look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, verse, um, what is it, 17 to 19, where he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor, to set the prisoners free. Uh, to heal the blind or give the blind sight, and um, something about the captives free as well. What you'll see is, is a mission there that was about vulnerable in society, poor in society. It was about everybody in society. And he follows this up when he, he talks to the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10, um, when the guy comes up to him and says, look, he, he's got a really good foundations of his life. He's a really good person. But something's still missing um, in his life. And Jesus looks at him and loves him and says, One thing you still lack, go sell everything you ha- have and give it to the poor. And so I listen to those sorts of things about the economy at the moment, who's best for the economy. And I sit there with a background, knowing the economy didn't help our farm, um, and knowing that Jesus uh, doesn't necessarily look at life that way either. In fact, Here's a point that would counter that in my mind. There is nowhere and no one in the New Testament that says that we should make any decision in our lives based on money. Yeah. Yeah. Not a one. Not a one. The fact that we have brought in money to our decision making is not from scripture at all. Um, so I just want to, the probably the next thing I wanted to do, just talk about is a, a second verse which is very, very similar to the first one. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verses 11 to 13. And it's, it's by Paul, and Paul's talking about foundations of our life as well. And Paul, up until the time we had a real encounter with Jesus Christ, he was something else, Paul. He was really bright. He was really incredibly talented guy. People feared him, so he had a real reputation and power and authority and he knew his scripture and everything else. And he had this real encounter where effectively Jesus just really knocked him to the ground, pinned him down, and over the next wee wee while just took sense into his life, show him that all those foundations were just nothing, in fact, Paul calls them awful or rubbish in his life and other parts of of scripture. And so coming to, to this one here, this is his conclusion, where he says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the foundation already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly, stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. And it carries on a little bit. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. And I saw this in the foundations of um, our own family, which I was talking to you about before. Which was, you know, the, having a really good family name, trusting family, not outsiders, uh, trusting in your own ability, as you do on a farm, to be honest. Um, and and. Um, loyalty of family and all those sorts of things. and it, Just at, at the same time as we lost that farm uh, in Akaroa, my dad, after that, he went into a real period of absolute depression uh, and shame in his life. This farm had been in his, in his family, he passed down for 100 years and he was the one who lost it. He lost it. And he couldn't pass it to any of us kids. Did I say I've had five brothers and sisters? I think I might have, but no. Yeah, so he couldn't pass it to any one of his, his six kids. And then things just got worse, basically. Every other foundation which was important to um, his life just really crumbled. So mum and dad divorced um, sometime later. And so dad went into real bitterness uh, in his life and real anger over the loss of you know, the loyalty of family and those sorts of things which were part of that that foundation of success. And then sort of adding to that was that my oldest brother was in and out of prison for a third of his adult life, uh, really just really smashing that family name and rubbing it through the gutters of their hometown, followed by my other brother um, who is currently in prison for 20 years, serving 20 years in jail. And so one after another after another of all of those foundations of a really proud family, you know, in that place, absolutely destroyed and not strong enough just to, just to cope with what life was, was throwing at it in normal life. Certainly, we, we looked to, the, hel- the, look to the, the hills which help come from. It certainly didn't come from politics, nor did it come from anywhere else, to be quite honest with you. But in the midst of that mess, um, God had another foundation that he was building in our life. Uh, And and that was back in in 1973, it's a long time ago I know guys, there was a group of young people about the same age as people in this church here tonight um, who were with Campus Crusade and came to Akaroa to do a beach mission. So that was evangelism and uh, jobs, evangelism and um, games and things like that on the beach. And a 17-year-old girl gave her heart to the Lord, and that was my oldest sister, Linda. And about three months later, um, she brought me to the Lord, and I was baptised in the Holy Spirit uh, on the same day, and spoke in tongues as a seven-year-old on the same day. Shortly after that, my other sister was brought to the Lord as well. And so the Lord started to build a a very, very different foundation um, in our life. And the Christians in our family would pray for our our parents. And I'll just stick with Dad's side probably of that story because it's um, the one I want to just chat about a bit more tonight. So we would, you know, every time we seemed to pray for for Dad, everything just got worse. (laughs) It just got worse. Uh, And my dad was very, very proud. And he rejected Christ uh, till the day he died. And so he... um, His views were this, he said farming values were better than Christian values. And I actually agree with him to a large extent from from sort of life observation. Um, But he also said, if God, if I get to heaven and God stands there and he doesn't see that I've tried to live a good life and he doesn't let me into heaven that I've done my best, then I don't want a part of him. And so it was that kind of, kind of pride that he, till the day he died, he never um, gave his heart to the Lord. But on the day he died, my sister Linda brought him to the Lord. Yeah, it's a true story. It's true. And, you know, his face, which had been crusted up with anger and bitterness and depression and things like that for years and years and years. He sat in his chair for literally years with depression. That's what he did. Um, we'd just lit up. You know absolutely lit up and um, finally he uh, accepted Christ into his life and he's there in heaven today. But that it, it, it struck us, it struck us that God, instead of not answering our prayers, had answered our prayers because everything had to be stripped away from my dad's life that was part of those foundations that we all have we acknowledge you can probably relate to this, good names and all of those sorts of things, were actually setting themselves up against Christ and accepting him as the one and only foundation that's strong enough in life. All of those things had to be stripped away, one after the other after the other, before he could accept Christ into his life. And the other thing I wanted to say before I return to a couple of those principles about the election, So I've drifted off course there, um is that, you know those campus crusade young people, about the age of many of the people in here today, who just had the obedience that just answered the call yes. to go out and do a beach mission yeah. in Akirao, talk to a young 17-year-old, and she became a Christian. So that's one generation. Now my kids um, are Christian. There's two generations. Their kids are going to be Christian as well, no doubt about this. There's one, two, three generations out of just the obedience of some young people went on a bench mission and that's what I believe is real legacy and how and that's real power in this country it's not power that comes from a politics and things like that it's power that actually comes from the kingdom of God and from Jesus Christ and that transformation to me this is what will really transform our nation I've seen it in my own lives you know those those kids campus crusade kids be 70 years old now believe it or not, or 60 to 70 years old now probably, you know, and they'll never have any idea about the impact that they've left in generations um, of that family. The kingdom of God is powerful. Last two points could be put up together, which is, um, is unity and pray for our leaders. <clears throat> unity is, here's the thing, we are Christians, we are believers, we are followers of Jesus Christ first and foremost. That sits below and above any political affiliations you may feel strong about. That is the thing that is a foundation for our life. You know, and as I said to you before, people on your row are going to vote for different parties. Have they not heard from God? Did God not say should vote for... Th-? That's just silly. It's just literally silly stuff. You know, the kingdom of God sits above that. So we need to strive for unity. Um... Through the election time and unity, and what draws us together and makes us strong, which is Jesus Christ. On the election night, should we celebrate if our party gets in? Should we go into deep depression if it doesn't? No. The answer is no. We shouldn't celebrate necessarily. We shouldn't go into deep depression. Why? Because our identity and our foundation, first and foremost, is in Jesus Christ. And what we're called to do is. is not to be that person who's that political person that has become part of our identity. That's not it. What we're called to do is pray for our leaders, and and Paul talks about this in 1 Timothy chapter 2. He says, pray for your leaders. Pray for them and strive to pray for them. You know, our leaders need help. There are lots of parts of our country that are going off the rails and are not good. Our Christian leaders need help. I listen, I watch social media, I see them blasting off at the opposition party instead of understanding their identity in Jesus Christ. They're there for that first and foremost. I feel disappointment for them. They need our help. You know, it is a hard job to get into that environment. And so they, they really need us to support them. So I'd like to probably finish it there and, and, um, and just... Pray for us coming up into the election time if that's okay. Father, we want to thank you that our lives and our security are in you. We acknowledge that there is no other foundation for our lives which is trustworthy except you alone. Lord, we pray for voices to be elected to our government that represent you well and take us closer to a godly nation that our lives. Uh, that lives up to our national anthem. And this time ahead, I pray peace in the hearts of everyone here tonight. Grace in our words and actions and discernment to separate the voices from yours. Amen. And just as we are um, thinking about that and thinking about that, that story from the foundations of my life, I'm just aware that In here today might be some people who have come here and not kind of knowing what potentially to expect, and you may have felt that God has been saying something into your own life tonight. We've been talking a lot about foundations and the rocky foundations, even good ones. Family is not bad, it's good, but just isn't strong enough you know, for everything that life throws at it, and it's not a replication, it doesn't replicate or it doesn't substitute Jesus Christ, which is the one foundation that can take us through all parts of our life, in this world and in the next to come. And so I just want to give an opportunity for those people here tonight that feel that this is something that they want to grasp a hold of, a life And leaving a legacy, one, two, three generations, something entirely different, a change of course, a real impact, a type of impact that they haven't seen before and something that can be really really counted on. So I'm just going to pray a prayer in a minute, which is what we call a salvation prayer. And I'm just going to pray um, and give an invitation for you to ask Jesus into your heart tonight to be that foundation. For me, yeah it does, you still wrestle with it right the way through your life, but you keep coming back to the one foundation which is Jesus Christ, that's the only thing. Even when it's tough and even when you don't actually, um, sometimes you're in the your darkest points, still there's no other foundation that you can come back to that's reliable and actually gives you genuine help through those types of times. And so I, I just think it is a great decision. I just don't wait like my dad did, I mean, till that last day. Tonight, why not? Is the time to respond to Christ. Why, why not tonight? So I'm just gonna pray for you now and I just wanna say, if you, if you wanna pray with me a prayer to invite Jesus into your life, well, let's do that together. Father, tonight, we just acknowledge that we have not walked on the journey, Lord, that has pleased you in all aspects of our life. Father, that there are things that we have done that maybe we feel shame and embarrassment about, that are wrong. We acknowledge that. We acknowledge that the foundations that we have for our life, while it might be good, are not what you've called us to, are not the best that you have for us. Father tonight, we' we'll just lay these things at your feet. Tonight, just want an utter change in life. Tonight, Father, we just I just invite you in, Jesus, into my life, to be my Lord, to be my Saviour, to be the foundation for my life. Right now, Lord Jesus, I invite you in. Invite you in. Amen. Um, just as we... We're praying that prayer. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing one other thing, which is while people have their eyes closed, one step to just saying, hey, I'm gonna make a change and a difference tonight, I'm actually gonna go on a different way, is that while everyone's got their eyes closed, I'd like you, when I count to three, to just put your hand up so that actually it's taking a physical step to acknowledge that something different just happened tonight in your life and that you're making a commitment to something that you haven't done before. So I'm just going to do that, and on the count of three, and give you the opportunity, if you did that, to put your hand up. So one, two, three. Yep, okay, I see your hand, thank you. You can put that down, appreciate that. Bless you. See your hand, bless you, you can put that hand down. Anyone else? Father, for those who have prayed tonight and made a a real impact and a difference and a change in their life, Lord, we celebrate. We absolutely celebrate. Bible says that uh, the angels of heaven absolutely celebrate when uh, someone comes into their kingdom. And tonight, we've just had a couple of people who've done that, who've who uh, new brothers and sisters in the Lord for us. So. Let's put our hands together and just celebrate that. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Centre podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.